and welcome to yet another episode of Let's Drone Out. As usual, we're joined by some of our motley crew, such as Tony. What's up? Hello, Tony. Uh, we've also got Adam lurking somewhere. Hi. Good day, Adam. This week, we've also got uh, NJ Tech. Hello. Hello. Yeah, welcome back, because you were on last week. Um, and we're, Jack's taking some time out to, uh, I think, make his hair into antennas or something, I heard. Get a haircut or something, but who knows? But I'm sure it'd be, you might be in the chat actually. So if you head on over to the well, to the right hand side of your window, you should be able to see a live chat, post some questions in, and hello to you all. So, welcome, crew. How are you all doing? What was your well, right now? I'm really liking the idea that Jack's turning his hair into antennas. So if you're near enough to him, <laughs> you can tune into his thought wavelength. I, I think he's trying to replace some of uh, the less out. I like that idea. No, he's replacing some FPV antennas, I think, with just hair it's yeah. a new, uh, and brain, in, brain implants. I think that comes next, but who knows? You can ask him if he's in the chat room. <laughs> yeah, weirdly, he yeah. is in the chat, but he's not yet on the podcast. Uh, I haven't actually gone into the chat room yet, but I will in very shortly. So, yeah. So lots of exciting things have been uh, popping up on different YouTube feeds and things this week. Uh, everything from Tyrannus stuff to uh, flying over in some weirs and things like that. Um, NJ, I believe you're, you've got your hot little hands on some items. Yeah, I did. I, I got my hands on uh, this little guy here, which is a kind of micro brushless um, called the Jumper X76S. Um, so I did a little review on that. And yeah, I've, I've, I've been quite interested to see how the, the, the micro brushless stuff is going to work out. And um, yeah, as a 1S, it's not filling me with excitement but it's been it's been good fun and i can see this is now going to be i think this is really gonna gonna start to take off i think 2s is probably the sweet spot but um yeah I've, i'm actually doing a custom build on a 2s at the minute so um yeah it's something to do while the weather's terrible here in the uk with uh whatever it is storm doris knocking on our uh, southwest corner of the, the, the country at the minute um so there's, there's not much outdoor flying going on for any of us right now but even at night, these things, you know, all these small cameras, I've just been amazed. I mean, some are better than others, but there's, some of these are really good for flying in car parks with very little light or streets and stuff. So that's where I, I think it extends the flying opportunities by the day. Yeah, I think, I think in many ways, and this is true of all these little micros that I've reviewed, I've probably got more night flight footage than I have daytime footage because they just tend to do better under that iridescent light you know, uh, indoors and, and floodlit outdoors than they do in the daytime where you've got big dynamic light changing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it's an interesting thing, actually. I was, I was kind of wondering if, uh, you know, we're always trying to second guess what's going to get the, the big push in development next. You know, it's flight controllers, motors, although it's more incremental with motors, you know, those little sort of 5 10% changes in each revision. Um, but, you know, what one thing... Uh, what one thing really needs a push perhaps and I, I certainly think it's usually the weak spot on a lot of these little quadcopters uh is is that little cmos camera and uh, the only the only company for me at the minute that are really pushing stuff with cameras is um runcam you know they they they're actually taking things like the 1177 and and doing great things with it and you know they are runcam make some of the best uh cameras out there now um uh, in terms of the F FPV feed, so I would I would love to see them. If anyone at Runcam was ever listening to us, I'd love to see them start developing some of these micro cameras because certainly for us here in the UK, 
we're desperate for some uh, some good micro micro cameras with these low light nights. The depressing and, thing is that they don't even need to do any work. All of that, you know, the huge number of cameras in mobile phones over the years means that there's been a massive amount of research and development into those sorts of cameras. People just need to spend a couple more quid when they're specifying the parts. That's, I think, well, you know, when I first did FP, uh, flying FPV, the cameras themselves are much larger than what they are of the 1177s. So they are shrinking down anyway with... As, yeah. as the technology so now we just need the product managers to to look well, a little further. <laughs> well, that's yeah. it, and and that's that's the difference, isn't it? We we just need someone to put it into the right form factor, and and you know actually get it to to be a, a you know a nice small product that we can you know that, that will fit into the budget that's you know that works around the budgets that you're working towards with these tiny drones. Um, so I think that has to happen. But I I've definitely seen a market. You, you work on a budget. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they do. Um, well, cer certainly in terms of yeah, just just getting everything to the point where it's uh, you know very accessible for that that higher quality stuff. But the CMOS cameras are getting better. You know, I've seen some truly terrible small CMOS cameras, and more recently, I've seen the light handling improved on those those little cameras. So you know, they are it, it's slower, but I'd, I'd like to see that area develop develop quicker that would be that would be good <laughs> well even even to the actual transmitters now they're coming as switchable between different uh, output power ranges you know so i suppose it's just interesting that everything is still shrinking down and yeah i mean like said. i've got one coming which is exactly that and it's the same form factor as those tiny little cameras that we're used to seeing but it's got a much you know better sensor on it it's got the uh, clove leaf antenna and it's got a dvr built into it as well um, and it's 6.8 grams which is just you know mad you see you can now like make a, a paper plane rc i wonder how long it'll be before we can actually make an fpv transmitter small enough on a paper plane as well <laughs> uh, yeah yeah it's, 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 it is it is it is but um no i i think seeing the brushless con i mean i've had quite a few of these brushed micro quads but seeing that brushless in action um it, the day and just seeing how the response would stay the same when you you know zip the, the throttle up it does actually bounce up and down much more than what the uh brushed ones were doing so it's a great little fly you got yeah is, no, it's, it's is it too fast though is it too fast for the house or is it still no do you know what on one s there were and these are 10,000 kv motors 1103 10,000 kv i didn't really notice that um there was a massive power improvement um, as such, in terms of top throttle on 1S, I think on 2S this thing will really come to life. On 1S there wasn't a huge difference between, say, that and something like the QX95, which has the tiny brushed motors, but what you do notice is that its ability to change RPM is, you know, it's instant as you, as you get with brushless motors. So it's really the RPM mm. handling in, in, you know, the RPM change it can just do it so fast that that in itself makes it a much more locked quadcopter and start to feel like it's bigger brothers so i think on 2s you'll end up with something that will handle really really well um and you can yeah you, you totally could fly it around around your house absolutely i mean this one's got prop guards as long as they got prop guards then you, yeah. you can you can fly you'd around stand a better chance, don't you? yeah otherwise yeah. You'd, you'd be bumping into stuff a lot um but yeah, Jay. So, what was um, what was what was in the news recently? I think you uh, you mentioned something to me earlier that sounded quite interesting. 
with a. Oh, there's a couple of things. But just before I move on, what, what, how much are those going for at the moment? Those small brush, uh, brushless ones. I think when I checked, that one was around sixty pounds. Um, but that doesn't. That one. Depending. Yeah, sixty pounds, but it doesn't come with a battery. Um, it doesn't come with anything actually. It's just literally the quad <laughs> props on a pop guard. No, and even no manual. No manual. And, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that wasn't the best one that I've, uh, that I've tried yet. But uh, yeah, I mean that's that's roughly where the the price point seems to be on those little RTFs. Yeah, well, it's it's such a crime that they're doing those things. Really, I think uh, without I, manual. I love that. I love that they. Speaking of crime, ah, I had to try and get it. Well, what's the crime one that I was going to discuss first? Because flying these technically, you might actually suffer the same consequences that someone did a 37 year old in uh, Staffordshire who has, uh, as far as I know, been arrested. But it's more what they did with the arrest that I think is quite alarming. They uh, took all of his uh, flying aircraft, they took his um, computers and mobile phones, and also any recording equipment, and basically told him he's not allowed to fly a drone. Until I suppose he's, he's been uh, released on bail, and they haven't actually released a name or anything because they are actually going through a few things. What but it, I mean, that's quite heavy-handed, really, for someone doing a, fr uh, a drone flight. And I believe they found it not necessarily from witnessing the action taking place, but convicted based on what they uploaded. And that's probably why they got all the recording equipment. So be careful, so, guys. Well, take note. Yeah. Do the irony of that is. <laughs> well. When I first heard the story, because it's about a week old, um, when I first heard it, I, I started searching YouTube, as one does. But with the, the birthplace of uh, William Shakespeare, I think quite a few people have flown over the city trying to find his house and all sorts. So there's right. one that looks like an American tourist. I think somebody else apparently was also um, caught in the act, uh, a Japanese tourist, but they didn't actually find him. What I heard on that one is they were following him on CCTV camera as well. So, as a city, they're probably they're thinking it's probably uh, not so congested, but it's still a city, and the rules still apply. So, be careful where you upload if you're on the the web, really. Right, and this is a, lo a police force local to that area that also operate drones themselves, right? Yeah, it's Warwickshire police actually have uh, drones that they use, and they're looking to implement even more. So, I mean, th there are quite a few across the Midland sort of region that are starting to employ drones in their police forces. Do we know what, Do we know what their drones useful. are? Out of interest, well, what they're flying? Inspired. I believe they used to be inspires. Yeah, most of them are just inspire based. See, they, they look because... the most Terminator, so they do look quite threatening, don't they? they, they well, they're right. That. Oh, they all can just put a blue light on top, and then it's done. <laughs> out of the no, but out of the box, let's face it. It's got a three sixty degree camera, um, and it's probably the most useful. And yeah, it looks the most threatening, but. If you were uh, and it's, shopping, uh, you, see, be, you wouldn't feel like it was a difficult thing to explain either. Like, you know how you're going to have to explain any sort of com uh, corporate spending you've made or stuff. You say, oh, yeah, for a couple of thousand pounds, we got ourselves a view that we used to get for a hundred thousand pounds an hour on the helicopter or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I mean, it looks money. They had some uh, police force uh, giving basically how they use them at the commercial UAV show last year. And there's quite a broad range that they use them for, not necessarily surveillance, but that's number one. But um, when people have committed suicide in the car, like a chemical suicide, they won't approach the car in person. So they can at least fly over and assess the area, see if there's anyone inside. You know, there's loads of uses for these things now that. I think the coolest uh, it's one on the show is. Sorry. Uh, so, uh, uh, 
being used by the fire service and they had thermal sensors on board thermal camera hmm. so they could actually yeah. look at the hot spots of the house before sending the crew in i thought that was pretty cool yeah see if you know safety first really but hmm. this is why regulation just catches up this is why they won't be banned per se but i guess it's going to bring it home that you can't be flying over their their area which is congested areas i suppose which is the law anyway well, if you search for drones arrests in uh, 2017 you also get man in san francisco flying it to near a police helicopter um that seems to be inviting trouble uh and a man arrested in china for flying it too close uh, they don't say exactly what too close is um to a passenger jet yes i think i saw that one that was is that the uh, one at the airport when the plane's coming in? It, it, yeah, even, I would say it, it at an airport even, is definitely too it close. It doesn't but... even look real, does it? It's like, oh my God, is that real? What an idiot. Why did he do that? Yeah. Because he's an idiot. It's, he got a great shot, though. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it looks like an airline ad. So on the, uh, on the on the subject of the Inspire, you've you've got your hands on the Inspire too, haven't you, Adam? Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, thanks to uh, the gang at First Person View uh, and some money. In, in fairness, then <laughs> <Well, laughs> um, a, bu a bunch of money. Yeah, and have have you? Has your experience been? Um, that? What's changed? So uh, I would say that it just feels better. Like it's difficult to define um, straight away, but the, the first and most important thing is just how much more responsive it is to um, to the joysticks, and and that's a great thing because I hadn't really realised, but the Inspire is is big, and it does move around, but it's not immediate. Oh, we lost Adam a bit. Things have lost a couple I of think, years. I think yeah, China faster. just stepped in. China stepped into silent, Adam. We we missed some of that, oh, Adam. Sorry. <laughs> um, it's the the really the downside of it is it's slightly bigger, just a couple of centimeters all the way around, which means it doesn't fit into my beautiful backpack. Um, and that, that makes all the difference. A couple of centimeters. Right. It's a uh... two hundred and fifty pounds that bag. Sorry, oh, there I go. Sweary, <laughs> sweary. This is future editor. Sweary, sweary time. What did I say? Keep it clean. Uh, did you yeah. say that? I didn't even Which swear. It's an unwritten rule. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, the other thing I would say is the, the video. Um, I don't yet have one of um, DJI's £250 um, as a minimum. Uh, S what's Oh, what's the word for it? But the high-speed memory. Cards. Um, yeah, so everything I've shot so far has gone on a standard micro SD, and it still looks stunning. The 5.2K, um, which is widescreen variant, still at the same number of pixels. Vertical on. pixels, right, yeah. Uh, yeah, is spectacular. Cinematic. What are you watching it, it on? Um, on a Retina MacBook. But okay. even if you down down sample it, it'll look sharper again. Yeah, so it exactly. You know, you it that, doesn't matter if you're not sharp looking at five point two. So basically, you okay. you can zoom in what five times and it still get the ten eighty p. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But you see, when you're actually at the one to one ratio of the actual sensor, the sensor's not a massive sensor, so you would start to see some noise, but probably not much. 
I mean, this is some of their fra- yeah. flagged stuff, isn't it? Crop. So if you if you take both and you you know and you look at it at 4K or you crop it um, to 1080, um, you do see that it's clearly a better sensor. It's, it copes better in dark areas and light areas. For um, much more money. <laughs> for much more money, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I should point out I'm flying the um, yeah the the expensive one, um, but as an upgrade from the expensive from the pro um, as well. So I, I'm testing. Is like, it scary for light, every time you take off? Do you think like that is like six grand in the air now? I'm yeah, scared. It sort of spoils it. Yeah, I'd be um, like, oh my god. I, I'm much less inclined to use it, which is which is sort of the way I've always thought about these things is, um, you know, for sake of argument, your drone costs a thousand pounds, right? Um, second time you fly it, both flights cost five hundred pounds. Keep going, and you'll eventually get that down to an amount that's not too depressing. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> with the Inspire, you start, you start with a bigger number, and you're less likely to use it. <laughs> so each flight stays terrifying. At the same time, it makes me really, really, really clumsy with the old one. Um, uh, and as my, my new friends from the London gang um, uh, will know, that means that I might, for example, get distracted by a dog running out onto the field and then knock the camera off the bottom of the Inspire, Inspire <laughs> 1. <laughs> Which is not manufactured as well as you'd think. Once, once you've snapped the... Um, Oh, um, camera support. Gim- oh, yeah. Gimbal. Yeah. You think that's some pretty cheap metal? They could, they could do better than that. So, uh, just uh, while we while we're on while we're in this area, um, what I was going to say was, uh, Jay, you've mentioned something about uh, GoPro. So they have recalled the Karma, correct? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I suppose you. Know, it's, um, about it's, that so interesting. Christmas, it's so interesting, yeah. Well, the recall actually is, uh, it's now actually, well, we recalled about three months ago. So I think November time. Sorry, so um, the news is the relaunch. This is the relaunch now. They've only just relaunched it. But, I mean, aren't they already doomed with it? They, well, the, the problem they had a long time ago was the battery latch wouldn't um, make a good connection. So sometimes mid-flight, the battery would disconnect and it would fall from the sky. So... They record all of them to hopefully fix that, you know, to try and fix that. So, and what you're saying is that's bad, right? If it falls from the sky. <laughs> well, it doesn't have a big <laughs> bouncy cushion underneath it, that's for sure. Um, I mean, it was breaking them, but it was obviously not user fault. It was the actual product fault. So they record them all and uh, now re- re- uh, released it. But uh, quite quietly, I think. I don't think they made a mess of, of fanfare. Yeah, no, I think it's it, it, in the took, US. Uh, it took the, the world, people like us, to point out that you can get them again. I think that their strategy appears to be just pretend it never happened last time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Which, in fairness, I didn't would be exactly out, my approach to it. I, I didn't find out how many um, units they sold originally because they didn't actually say, oh, I couldn't find it at least, how many units they had to recall. But that could have been quite embarrassing anyway because let's look at, I mean, if you look at the two, the, their competitors, they kind of were a bit too late. Yes, they have the GoPro camera. And yes, you can fit it on the stabilization, and it, you know there's uses for their their system. But DJI, as we were speaking just a moment ago, are just constantly improving their sensors and their camera units. And they've they've put them into mobile handheld stabilization, onto Inspires, onto Phantoms. So they 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 win. They rock. DJI rock. Well, 
they're the best. They've had, they've had enough product iterations. Yeah. And like someone was saying, if, if GoPro thought they'd get the dream unit from the first one out, or, you know, the perfect one without any kinks or anything, they're, they're living oh, wow. in dreamland. So uh, apparently, approximately yeah. 2,500 GoPro uh, Karmas were equaled. 2,500 worldwide. That's not many then. No, it's not uh, really. But then their recall came quite yeah. soon after they started selling. Um, Two thousand five hundred thousand pound products is not a ish, is not an awful number, you know. With but how much R and D they put into it? Did, you know, there's probably a lot of costs that they've had. Even marketing alone would have had quite a lot of. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, you know, you've got to think that they've lost the one Christmas that they could have hoped to. And, you know, and now, don't, and now fight. Fighting uh, the little DJI um, foldy thing means that they're never going to get Mavic. that time again. The, yeah. Mavic, yeah. the Mavic yeah. is for everyone who wants to go on holiday and take it with them. It's perfect. Yeah. And GoPro it's would have dangerous. got a huge <laughs> chunk of that market. And now, anyway, and GoPro is still a really strong brand amongst people who don't really know anything about drones. So they've got a chance of getting it back, but they're going to have to spend that much more to do it. Yeah. And every time they do, every time someone looks at that GoPro, then they'll find themselves looking at an article in, you know, in the Guardian or whatever. They'll probably mention the Mavic as well. They'll never see, have that GoPro free run. The risk. I mean, GoPro and their action cameras, we've all known and loved if you've ever been FPVing. Um, even they're under threat from other uh, you know, players in the market for the action cameras. So yeah. they'd run the risk of falling flat on their face and going under oh, if yeah. they're not careful. Well, no, go, I don't yeah. think they'll ever go under. I mean, uh, you'd be, su you'd be yeah. surprised that company can always go under. Paid enough money to be fine. Um, but they may, they may well need to wind up because, uh, yeah, as you say, they don't. You know, the GoPro used to command a huge cost. Um, mm. It's still the, the best camera. Out there. The market. It was it was used yeah. to still in broadcast for action cameras because you know so they had a massive portion of the market, but. They, but now you can just as easily go to Sony. Yeah, Sony. Um, yeah, Garmin have their own. Yeah, there's there's yeah. several yeah. That are coming they're out. Odd. They're they're not nice shapes, are they? Oh, come so on, the GoPro is like, not a pretty like, device. Even to the point that you can get you can get the similar shape in a Yami that's even oh. bright white. You know, so or Polaroid branded. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but so actually, Xiaomi have now just put their prices way up because everyone's put the script on, you know, and made it. But exactly, didn't Sony, didn't Sony make the sensor though. Didn't Sony make the sensor for one of the GoPros, if not a few of them? Because I think it's yeah. the, it's it's down to the sensor at the end of the day, and the GoPros have had fantastic sensors in them, and that's yeah. actually been one of the, the sensor and the processor. They had the Umbrella A7, wasn't it, or something in the four? So because. No, Umbrella, A-M-B-R. Oh, like, yeah. Resident Evil. Umbrella, mate. Yeah, no, it doesn't rain in Australia. No, <laughs> no um, but because that's what um, they're talking about when they're moving beyond 4K, saying if you did 8K, but they need the processor to handle the writing the, to the card, to the actual card correction, all that sort of stuff has to go on. So it's not just the sensor, it's the architecture to write the file and process the file. Uh, digital signal process. So, sorry, yeah, just um, quickly. Are you going to say as well? I was going to say that the Karma, <laughs> I, I did go and have a look at the Karma back at Photokina before the recall. And as a piece of product design, it was just nicer. It's still nicer than the Mavic. It was just felt more convincing in the hand, folding it out and opening it and closing it. 
and you could just whip pull out and you got a um a handheld gimbal like the um uh what's the other dji thing where dji i'll charge you another 300 pounds for it came built in for free in effect with the karma yeah. so the karma is a whole movie kit for yeah, yeah. that was the thing yeah. for me it felt more like a sort of a, a more geared towards the adventurer that will go out and do yeah. Lots of things and who, swap people who are already familiar with the GoPro brand, but not necessarily familiar with DJI. But why they may do have a GoPro people, already? Why yeah. do we think more people in our world, on the perhaps on the drone side of things and the FPV side, and why does it seem? I, I personally know more people that that <clears throat> steered towards the Mavic as soon as that came out. So what was? What do we well, think? We know, we know and from? trust DJI, and we've seen them get better. Mm. And the size, time. the size is this, very nice, but the size is comparable. Um, well, it it goes down to a, an old big SLR camera size. You know that that is what is being so appealing for everyone. I think mm. um, the Mavic does come in a very nice still, bag. I would still buy a, a Mavic and then a, a handheld gimbal over a GoPro Karma. Well, that's just hateful. You know, they are releasing just the GoPro airframe to buy. I think it's 399 US dollars, so probably 400 pounds. Um, and that's just the airframe, as in motors, <laughs> flight controller, and maybe even a remote control or something. But yeah. No, so, no um, gimbal. But yeah, well, the gimbal is always the, the, the most appealing part for it. I don't yeah. know. So that's uh, just moving on. I think we got a question earlier, which I forgot to answer. Um, <clears throat> a few people were asking what that was. That's the Jumper uh, X73S, uh, for those that wanted to know what that little micro brushless indoor was. And heading back towards the FPV side of things, whoops. Um, uh, Tony, <laughs> what's, what's been happening in the, uh, the race scene? You said there was an event out in Florida? There was the Sebring race which was held right. for a few days. And I think another young guy won, a, a sponsored uh, Lumineer pilot. I think his um, call sign is Mad Air. Um, right. And he was quick, but our guys in the UK would have gone out there and got first, second, third, fourth. Oh, really? Seriously. Bold statements. It would have been like Kent, Fanny, Whitfield, you know, all the top guys here would have whipped all any of them. They were fast but and smooth, but I don't know. There's something about being in the UK at the moment. I think it's because we we can all f we have to go out in terrible conditions and fly in wind, rain. Dreary it's the, weather. It's the equivalent of athletes training at altitude, right? That's that's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. I, re, I I do believe if we'd have gone over there, if the lads, you know, the top ten lads had gone over there, they 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 would have took, they would have cleaned up, basically. But it was a good event. It looks well organised. Was was there any kind of names that we'd recognise there, other than? Um, um, I didn't. The Johnny FPV was out there. You know, from he's been on Rotor Eight, and he was talking about the soft mountains. If anyone's seen the stuff yeah, about soft a, mountain stuff, that's it. There, yeah, that's a really interesting topic. That um, and uh, yeah, what what what's been your experience with soft mountain? 
Last weekend I flew with just um, just me and my mate went out last weekend, GFPV. Uh, and we're talking about soft mounting the motors specifically. Just so it know. wasn't the motors. I was just soft mounting my flight controller. Oh, the flight controller, okay. Yeah, and I repaired, hastily repaired my quad. Um, I put another lead um, on uh, my board and quickly put it back together, went out, met him at the field, started flying, and we could both hear... My quad sounded awful. You could, you could. He he heard it. He said, "What's up with your quad? It sounds terrible." And like I was like, I "Don't know." I was landing it, checking the motors for heat. You know, like, well, nothing's bent. The props are brand new. I don't know what what can it be. Flew again. Flew again. I had to change my FPV cam because I was having problems with it. Changed that, and then realised that my soft mountings were all off. So I right. re done all my soft mountings on the flight controller and this is using um, an F4 board hmm. flew it again and you could hear straight away after remounting the flight controller no sound from the motors it was it was started to fly great again it yeah. was like um, when I didn't when I didn't have it set up properly it was locking in it was like it felt like it had a delay and I was stuck in a position for like a millisecond and then like a turn and I'd go, why is it not turning when I want it to turn? And then it would stuck in that position and then stuck. It was really, really weird. But after that, it was, it was fine. Well, it's, it's so, an, really interesting, a really, really interesting thing doing the uh, soft mounting flight controllers and, and more recently the latest craze, which was soft mounting the motors themselves. Yeah, and it's really a case of resonance in in the quadcopter and any flying machine with with rotating parts. Um, you know, planes, helicopters. It doesn't matter. I mean, we we can talk about air, commercial aircraft that are worth millions and millions and and have you know billions of pounds spent on on development. They've all got rotating parts. No matter how amazing and high tolerance the parts are, they have to be statically and dynamically balanced. Um, so that they don't resonate at certain frequencies and mm. you know we come back to our, our little quadcopters and, and when you build those and this goes for if I was to build 10 identical quadcopters in a row every single one of those will have a slightly different resonance to it it will have yeah. different frequencies and even changing battery you swap from a small battery to a large battery you're changing the mass of the quad that's going to affect how 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 resonance is moving through the quad uh, in really bad cases, you get um, harmonic resonance where those uh, frequencies will be coupling together and amplifying. And I've actually seen that on a couple of builds before, um, where you can you'll be hovering the the aircraft, and all of a sudden you'll it will just sit there and start to build up and build up into this really quite violent flutter. And that's an example of where the where it's harmonically resonating. Mm. You could change something as simple as changing the props could suddenly make yeah. that all better because you've moved that 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 point of resonance away and it's it's cured so even and i think this also comes down to soft mounting the motors you can have exactly the same thing soft mounting the motors themselves might not it's sort of indirectly a solution it might sort that problem out because you've just changed those resonance points and then all of a sudden you're like there was the magic ticket you might have arguably got to the same conclusion by changing the type of material you've used to soft mount the flight controller yeah and I've seen this time and time, and I've you know I've I've looked at the data. I've done this in black box logging, and I've on one of my videos I actually show 
a before and after screenshot of a brand new quad with balanced brand new motors you know it was a brand new build and it was resonating horribly and in flight i took some black box logs of it and you can see on all three axes it was just a mess and it flew terribly oscillated and i experimented with different types of um i used silicone uh little silicone o-rings on the flight controller and then i tried silicone on top and like a rubber o-ring underneath and i found one where all of a sudden you had nice thin traces in the black box and everything was good as gold and then lo and behold it tuned up beautifully i might have got the same thing by putting some soft mounting under the motors the point is you, you got to that point where it was happy and balanced and it's something you do have to experiment with but it's not necessarily one thing or the other that's led you to find that sweet spot the point is you shouldn't always say you shouldn't always assume it's down to the tune that causes the problem there could be a resonance issue yeah. so you know it's worth experimenting with but yeah like you said you could build another one exactly like the one you had and not have the problem at all yeah i mean i flow a scientist would tell you to control your Whoa. experiment <laughs> exactly minimize the variables yeah it was from my multi-wee days that i've always tried to soft mount the flight controller and i, I always thought that it's the sensors you want to uh, stop having the vibration wherever it's coming from and I think my philosophy was that as long as you try and start there and reduce it all sensors then it's onto you're onto a winner um, but it really came into effect similar to you Tony but mine was on kiss and I just I'd made a, a repair and it would fly and it would seem okay but it would after a couple of seconds of being armed it take off so it was just it was doing strange things that didn't feel right and it was amazing mm -hmm. that it's a Purely vibration that came down to it so yeah, it was vibration the worst thing was like you could hear it first we could both hear but, the motors change pitch you could hear the difference and then also obviously i could feel the difference do you know what that's a really important point as well tony which which i always say to people that are, are trying to find a good tune is i can quite often tell far more about what i hear than what i see um, mm, and especially definitely. a lot of the time, like um, you could be filming, you, you might want to look back at your footage to try and find the problem. And if you're if you're recording at 30 frames per second, you might not spot some oscillation that you would see at 60 frames per second. But the one thing you can always use is your ear and mm -hmm. you can hear when a motor's unhappy. You can hear it. It's almost like a chirping um, mm. that lets you know that. Yeah. And when it lands, obviously, you can check the temperature. That's another sign as well. But I, I think that's a really underrated part of getting a tune done well is, is to have the quad close to you and, and listen to the motors definitely so there is a notable difference between smooth and, and unhappy yeah definitely so yeah it's interesting actually because that was the yeah. other the other thing i was going to to say is you kind of get a lot of the same i mean these all fall into the same arena of of a bad tune you've got your obviously the the resonance issue you've got the tune itself and spotting when it's the tune and not the resonance um and then the other thing people try and dial out all the time obviously is prop wash um and i think there's a lot of misconception around what prop wash is and how to deal with it and it's something that um I've actually, I'm actually going to, I'm going to call Jack out here, and I'm only going to do it because he's not here to I defend himself. He um, won't come on either. <laughs> but, but, no, but Jack, no. Jack's mentioned a few. Uh, I know. No, 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 no
right. He said that when he, he had prop wash at the top, when he was at top throttle, he said he'd sometimes notice having this prop wash problem at the uh, when he was in a punch out. Of course, what you're what you're dealing with there—that's oscillation at the top. That's not prop wash. Um, what you're dealing with when when we talk about prop wash, we're, we're effectively talking about stalling the propeller. Or when it comes uh, down into its own. Yeah, it's coming down into its own wash. And if you think about what that is, it's it's falling into disturbed air because a propeller mm. is just a wing, and it has to obey the same laws of physics as every other wing out there, be it on a jetliner, be it on a helicopter, but. I mean, our closest relative in terms of what a quadcopter is and its uh, its rotating propellers going downwards is is a helicopter, and there's a big thing that helicopters, full size helicopters, have to avoid, and that's called settling with power, or uh, it's also called vortex ring state, and it's a condition where you have to avoid ending up falling into your actually falling into the air that you're pushing down. And there are certain scenarios where you'll end up in that kind of condition, and there's there's kind of three main situations you have to avoid, or three things coming together. Uh, and one of those is descending too fast and not moving uh, with enough airspeed. So you end up essentially catching up with that disturbed air, because as soon as that propeller has taken in the clean air, what's disappearing beneath it is churned up and it's dirty, and the last thing you want to do is fall into that. Now, with a quadcopter, one of the easiest ways to actually experience prop wash, it's that is, is when you change direction very, very fast. So if you're going in one direction, you're immediately 180, and you're basically then traveling backwards into air that is now coming the wrong way through the propeller. Yeah. And what you're essentially doing is your, your propellers are completely lost in all that disturbed air, and the propellers are trying to, to resettle the airflow. And while that's happening, you're getting this wobble. And that wobble is, is prop wash. And it's the same thing when you come out of a split S. You, you flip to 180, you come down, and then as soon as you come down, if you're not following a nice clean arc, if you just fall, you end up falling backwards into your own air, and the same thing happens. You end up in disturbed air, the props are trying to reestablish airflow, and you end up with that situation where where you'll get this prop wash. And the easiest way to 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 avoid it is just not to get into these situations of low forward speed or low airspeed, whatever direction you're going in, and a high rate of descent. If you avoid those two things, so if you're doing a split S, come out of it with a nice clean arc as you come round. And if you look at some of the best pilots out there, best freestylers, they will do that. But I tell you now, anyone that says my quad has no prop wash. He's you're, lying. You're lying. You're breaking the laws of physics. It just yeah. doesn't work like that. Are you, are you saying also well, that uh, something that would be a really bad idea um, that would create its own kind of prop wash would be to hang underneath your copter um, on a snowboard because that snowboard <laughs> would have its own laws of physics too. <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was quite interesting. Casey noticed that, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, I watched his how-to video this uh, how, uh, making of, if you like, video this week. Um, I was saying before the show started, it annoyed me a great deal because he actually came across quite well. Um, but he also had, had to cut out quite a lot because, of course, a snowboard does act as a propeller and spins around like no one's business. And <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of trouble with that. And I saw, when I looked at that video, that, that quadcopter, um, was it you were saying that, that he commissioned Hector, that build? deck of whatever, 16 yeah, it was, prop. Yeah. It was crazy. I mean, so he, do, do you know, was it a, 
a group that he there was a, it was a market you know he got they had a pile of money from samsung i think it was to do no, something interesting samsung. on yeah. the internet um we'll i've worked samsung from scratch to do that and they did it in Lapland where there are no real rules or anything. Santa said it was fine. Um, <laughs> and, they should have uh, come uh, to me. You could lift me with two and Are you Santa? saved them loads of money. No, no, actually he's a lot lighter. <laughs> yeah. Well, they had to strap him on using metal, uh, sort of bracy thing. You know, he wasn't he wasn't just holding on on his own weight. Because that was the thing. I was watching that going, well, I can't lift my own weight by one arm. Admittedly, I am fatter than that man. But still, I wouldn't want to be dangling <laughs> by one hand. But he wasn't, apparently. Yeah, he did. Not, I'd like to see that, though. I, I did wonder that. Let's start tinkering and see if yeah, we can it make did, it Yeah, it did up. really make you think, let's build something massive. Uh, what, what we did with Let's the have a go. I mean, it did look a lot of fun. That's we yeah. should do that on LDA LDO games next year. We've got. Are you to offering lift. to be the person that? Oh, I, I will get. Well, we have to be. We have it. to be careful though, because um, as Frank's telling us, uh, people are now marketing shotgun cartridges with Skynet drone defense written on. So, uh, <laughs> But it is still illegal to shoot down an aircraft or endanger an aircraft in the, you know, in the UK, regardless of what aircraft it is. Yeah, in the, in the UK, that's so, do dodgy. In the US, it's probably fine. <laughs> no, in the US, it's the same as well. You cannot endanger an aircraft, which means you can't shoot one down or even shoot at it. So, really? It's been, yeah, over the years. <laughs> over the years in the UK, there's a lot of people that have said, oh, I'm going to go get my shotgun, and it's always gone in the favor of the person flying... Uh, if it's a if it's a threat made against the aircraft here the yes but we we have a large number of rational no, judges even, the us has demonstrated itself to be a bit mad okay right? in recent years maybe not Probably lately right. it might be a bit different but <laughs> let's yeah. keep the politics out of this yeah. <laughs> one week alone let, no, let, me, let, um, let me move us uh, swiftly on tony what's that you've got <laughs> up on your uh, your shelf there i've spotted a uh, this is the new Revo, which has just been released um, yesterday, or the thirty-first got released. Marvelous! I want so tell us the um, tell us what you've uh, what's different about this uh, this design. Basic, basic, the arms look the wrong way around. The arms, no. yes. Look <laughs> at the arms; they're not the standard arms, which would be that way. See right, the see the difference. Absolutely. So depends so which way you're holding it. So this is the way I fly it, Adam. Straight yeah. at whatever you're, you're after. So th I presume that's in a, an effort to get just low drag. If you, you low drag, clean, clean air. I mean, it's 15% more thrust on the calculations. I've seen battery improvements, whereas I can fly uh, 30, 40 seconds longer with this. Right, wow. So you must have to run some crazy up tilt on the camera as well then. Uh, yeah, um, I'm at 45 at the moment, but I've got a wide-angle lens to make it a little bit easier. I've just put a, a GoPro 3 lens in there. Um, so, as, as your racing setup, is that what, what? just tell us what components you've put in that. Uh, uh, this uh, one is um, a Revo board and the F4 um, race flight. The race flight, yeah. Yeah, it's just got a 30 amp um, little bees on. And the motors? Uh, these are DYS um, 2205-2300 kV. I've, uh, Bradders has just built me another one um, 
with an F pack setup. Um, I've got the 24,000 F40s on and the F30 um, ESCs on there. And Tone, so all I do, generally speaking, I'm not a racer, I do it occasionally for a bit of, bit of fun, but I, you know, it's not, it's not a big attraction for me. Now, I know you race, 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 race all the time, so what, how, how different does that feel compared to the quads that you have been flying in terms of uh, well, accelerating from standstill and when it's up to speed? I mean, do you, how is it in the corners? The faster you go, the better it handles. Right. I was flying a track last Sunday and I was like, we had this long banking left-hander through three gates and I was coming up to it and like <laughs> scary. It was like, oh my God, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. And if I was flying slow, I didn't make it. The faster I went, the better it performed. Right. So gotcha. And it, it the just, wire... It, the wire around the outside is, is just, uh, that's, that is wire, isn't it? So it's a, like a brace? Or? It's uh, like a Teflon um, climbing uh, rig. Braided right. thing, yeah. Like a 130-pound braking strain where you can tension it on the back of the quad to tighten it up. It basically holds it in the X shape. I mean, I crashed this, um, I don't know, six, seven times. Hard crashes. Um and it, and how much did and you swear after you crashed? Because that's how not we know how lot. much you've uh... <laughs> I not guess not at all if he's confident it's fine. You know, yeah, I was just I looking was at it. really confident with it and, and it and it performed really well and it and it and it flies good. And I'm looking forward to the to to, to the Bradders build who built me a new, uh, another one, um, which is even lighter than this one. I've got smaller um these are like the Mark One um motor mounts um, right. we've actually got rid of all of this is now missing on 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 the new frame which is being released uh, the carbon has gone up from 2.2 mil to 3 mil okay. um, so it's a little sure bit more drag. durable and it's the the there's just no drag i mean like with the string what, around the edge i just i always i wondered if that would be it plays you know, a tune you know you're going fast enough because it whistles. It whistle, yeah. As soon as it whistles, you know you're going fast. But you can see the aerodynamic. Like a kettle Well, I tell you, yeah. when I was just looking on the page and looking from the top view, it looks like one of the micro-brushed things because just there's these small little thin arms and like plates. But it does look impressive. Um, it, it's it's definitely out there and it's definitely different. I, I do know a crash tester or crash test dummy. I don't know sometimes. Um, who happily put one through their paces? He's known well, Mister. <laughs> we're hopefully yeah. going to send we're um, sending NJ Tech one soon, so you'll you'll get one soon, NJ. Wait, are you saying yeah. he's going to crash it a lot to test it? Yeah, oh, no, I don't crash. I don't crash. It's, it's a mess. If he no. doesn't, that guy can fly <laughs> backwards. <laughs> he flies backwards at LDO games. He was like, I'm going backwards, and I was like, I, I NJ doesn't my... crash. Take my goggles. NJ off. doesn't crash. The crowd rushes up to him. Exactly. That's 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 what they say, isn't it? Never fear crashing. The ground will rush up to catch you. Um, <laughs> it's mostly trees these days. I, I, I'm not a big ground hitter, but I do I do like occasionally hitting trees, and, and more recently the top of trees as well, which is quite worrying because I'm definitely not a climber. I always seem to well, manage to 
wrote you know, someone else. That's my job. second job now is getting quads out of trees. It's fifty pound <laughs> a go. I travel anywhere in the country and I have a big pole. You've got the head you for heights though. Huh? No, I, d I just get my big pole. He just likes saying he has a big pole on the uh, <laughs> a, a men as many media as possible. Yes. Do you get discount if you don't eat meat? You do. Naught percent. <laughs> well, oh, okay, I'll go back get to being sponsored curry house then. <laughs> 50 quid is very reasonable if, uh, if say, the person with the drone is in Scotland. Or are you going to charge transport very, on top? Very, very reasonable if they're in Scotland. 50 quid call out. Yeah. Nah. No, so this is like the third quad I've rescued. I rescued um, Adams twice from two different trees. So down at Hidden Valley, there's two trees named after um, Adam. It doesn't mean me. No, not that Adam. Um, and we've got uh, GFPV who stacked it in a tree in Dorking the other day. I went and rescued him. He's got out of a tree, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's all good. I've heard if you get one of the new Tyrannus uh, radios, you don't actually crash into trees anymore because they're so. Oh, is that, that going to cure it for me? Uh, <laughs> have you got one? Do you know anyone who's got one then? I've I've not seen one. Have you seen one? I I might. Well, I think one. I saw one this morning. I saw one on, online. Yeah, I haven't seen one. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, it's quite concerning that I get these products now, and the first thing I do is grab a screwdriver and just pull them to pieces. <laughs> um, Let's have a look at this and see what yeah, it looks like yeah, in the inside. But, but how does it? Tick? Um, yeah, the Ceranus uh, QX7. It's um, it's. I think mm. it's brilliant for the price point. Um, I'm I'm very impressed with what I'm seeing so far. I think if the only kind of big complaint for me with and it's not just this, it's the other Tyrannus X9D as well. Is just it's the gimbals, and I've been spoiled over the years with having great radios with great gimbals. And my last set of Spectrum radios, you know, that's one thing Spectrum always always got right. The gimbals were beautiful, and that is your that's your interaction with yeah, your aircraft. That's the main you know, bit. That's yeah. the bit. So um, for me, the both transits are just wonderful. At the, you know, anything you can think of in terms of, you know, using the logical switches and setup and anything you can think of, you want it to, you want it to happen, it will do it. There's a way to do it. But it's that interface bit that I just feel needs the improvement. So I'm hoping, I've, what I've heard is the hall sensors are coming out for the QX7. The, obviously, the M9 ones are out, which fit the um, Tyrannus X9D Plus and Tyrannus X9D, but the plugs on those gimbals won't plug into the plugs on the X7. So uh, they are they are bringing out. Uh, they will physically fit in, but they won't plug in. Um, so those are coming out, and um, I've asked very specially that those uh, get sent over as soon as they are, so that I can. Uh, form an opinion on them but that that's something i will definitely want to do more or less straight away and i hopefully they'll just feel a bit more premium actually i, I will ask um paul over at bms web because i know he's just put the m9 sensors in his tyrannus um so i'd be interested to know what the difference in feel between them are you, it's hard to get them anywhere they all sold out immediately so obviously it's something that people want um mm. but yeah but, but, but as a radio it's great it's it's a hundred pounds at the minute for the um is that what you're quid. asking yeah the yeah, yeah. Like hundred quid for the x7 and then the normal trannis is what two uh, it's about one six five is about the no. street price for the normal tyrannus mm. um so you know ugly looking thing and and not the 
easy there, Spectrum boy. Um, and the, the M9 Hawk, <laughs> the whole sensor gimbals are about £20 each. So, you know, that gets you in under the price of a regular Tyrannus to get the X7 with the whole sensors. I mean, the other thing you lose from the, the, X, the X7, between the X7 and the X9D, is you lose two switches that are on the top and you lose the yeah. trim tabs that are on the side. But trim tabs, are personally, I've only ever used those for fixed wing stuff, you know, for changing flat, the degrees of the, flat, of the flaps on a plane. But I don't know. Does anyone in the quad world use those trim flaps? I don't think so. I need um, no, I think I'm more anything like that. It Does depends it, yeah. on what flight control. I know the gains we used on the uh, NASA stuff, um, DJI. That's mm. the only time I've ever known anyone use those. Oh, that's quite I think a good it idea. looks a lot better. I love the whole the yeah. white, don't you think? It feels great. Yeah, though. oh, it looks t ten times better. Yeah, I, <laughs> we really shouldn't include Jay in this conversation. No, no, I'm it, sorry, but you know the thing that bugs me the most about the old Tyrannus is the little flower at the top for the speaker. I mean, did they go yeah, to yeah? That's an appalling bit That alone, if they changed that, it would make it ten times, uh, you know, twice as good. BSM uh, World says the M7 <laughs> gimbals. Uh, make it a killer radio. So there we go, there we go. And yeah. dazzle. A man uh, and to be honest, okay. Dazzle, I do cover Cornwall. A hundred. Are we, um, are we not covering? Um, is it a reasonable cost? I might change. A hundred pounds for for the, that radio and the amount of technology that's in there and what it can do in terms of its adaptability to kind of just about anything is, uh, I think it's really mm. really very good value um for me just as a seasoned rca um who's tried lots and lots of different radios the gimbals the feel of the gimbals i just want better quality out of that so but that's an upgradable thing everything else about it and the the redesign of certain aspects like the location of the trainer ports now on the top so you're not sitting on top of connections if it's in your lap and you're using the simulator for instance on the computer there's they're just they've thought about a lot a lot lots of thought and redesign that's that's gone into that and that kind of thing's really apparent when you take these apart a lot you you spot when designers have been lazy and, and just gone yeah that just just chuck that on or where they've just made the extra effort um it becomes it becomes very apparent and i see a lot of really positive redesigns um in that radio and yeah to get it out of that price point um it's very hard not to recommend that radio yeah I mean, no, I think uh, BSM Web things. does say he uh, really loves the flaps. Oh, they are trying to What do you what do you use the flaps for, then, Paul? Well, I, maybe it's a good idea not to ask him what he does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know like what he's implementing them for. Um. What was I going to say? Is there any more chats? What yeah, any more? Uh, why? Any more why uh, well, there were two things. There's um. Frank was uh, earlier pointing out that some Skywalker X8s uh, were found with grenades on them in Mosul oh, and in Iraq. That wasn't oh. any of you, was it? Oh, good. Lord. Good. Lord. good. <laughs> payload uh, test. Yeah, yeah, quite a payload test. Um, but, you know, um, but let's not get drawn down that. Um, no. We've also been asked why none of the FR Sky TXs. Or did do you want to talk about drones being used to blow people up? <laughs> God, not really. <laughs> no, we all know they can be used for good and bad. I, and I think evil. we can have. We all know that humans 
humans in general have their problems not everyone's perfect yeah. some people have some bad ideas i think we can some people have some very world. creative bad ideas <laughs> hashtag um, ruining um, the hobby for sure exactly <laughs> they were all fixed wing though i believe i believe the yeah, attacks they were, that they were using they were, were all fixed wing, wing. yeah well they want range obviously um fpv asks why do none of the fr sky tx's have dual antennas even the cheap fly sky does um i've never seen any real range problems with uh by by not going that route um i think it's really that that kind of diversity thing or you know this is why the cloverleaf antennas the circular polarized antennas are so popular uh on the uh, putting them on the aircraft themselves and having the aircraft turn through various uh angles and going in and out of polarization but there are there are um radios that do it that maybe you don't know about i know one of the was it the dx9 had the two antennas in, oh, yeah. in the That's actual radio crazy. itself the, the the dx the spectrum dx9 i think had it and oh yeah no, it does it does it has, yeah it, yeah it does there yeah. are there are a few that have it does the horus have it because that had range issues but, and i thought maybe that did have it had name issues as well but, i don't like the name uh, and i guess it's true for most of the situations we're talking about that people aren't going to be trying to reach seven kilometer ranges or anything yeah and i think generally speaking you're more or less flying out in the area that you want to fly out in in terms of you know i'm going out that way and in terms of projection and focus then it's fine the only time if you really want to see the where where those dipole antennas will you know fall over and not work as well uh wherever that if you know if you bend your aerial at 90 degrees and you fly off to that side so this mm. is kind of the dead spot of the dipole antenna that yeah. that's that's where those will will really fall over um so you're always, generally speaking, trying to, to fly out in front it's of yourself. It's just a huge or keeping in, in... You, isn't it? It's like a donut stretching um, around you. If you've got your what? antenna... Like, yeah, like yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's um, polarizing that way, uh, depending on which way you have your antenna and which way you're pointing it, which is <laughs> also why they say never point the antenna straight towards the quad. Again, you're putting that dead point out. It's radiating mm -hmm. out in that donut shape, as Tony says. Um, from you know perpendicular to the actual antenna itself, um, but there's, there's lots of room for experimenting. Experimenting with that, <laughs> yeah. You could. I, I know some people who have put um, you know circular polarized antennas uh, onto the radios themselves, or, or use a higher DBI antenna. That's the other thing I've tried that using like a, a five DBI antenna or an eight DBI. Um, they all have different effects. While we're while we're following our chance. Very, very and it was and it was fine with my fry sky yeah the both tyrannus have excellent range just on the standard yeah, 2.4 really, really 150 uh, milliamps i think there how um how long does the battery sorry, last milli, milliwatts sorry 150 milliwatts um i haven't tested that yet i don't know um what the internal but well i was sent the 800 milliamp battery for that um and i run a 2000 milliamp battery in my x9d so i'm expecting it not to run anywhere near as long but i don't know how efficient the new one is versus the old one so i will test that um and i'll try and get some information on that and so uh, that's let you know we're going to find it's out in do, part two a day's racing or days flying isn't it <laughs> i would yeah. like to think so i like the fact there's the option there to just run standard double a's in there and you can yeah. buy you know lithium ion 
double A's now that will last a very decent amount of time. Um, so you know you you could go that route or you know look for a two thousand milliamp um, rechargeable pack. They're not a lot of money. Uh, nickel metal hydride or a two cell lipo. There's lots of options there, but um, yeah, in terms of its efficiency against the X9D, I'm not sure yet. That will take me a little bit of time to test, but I will report back when I know. Hopefully cool. later this week, you might, well, hopefully fly it then, hopefully. Well, this storm's now taking over, isn't it? It's just hit uh, Cornwall, I think, and it's working its way towards us. So I think by... Am I going to be able to work tomorrow? Um, well, just... the, the weather will do the work for you. Well, I need to work. I, I need to go out there and glaze in, hygienist it up. I think you're probably all <laughs> right, actually. I think it's moving kind of northeast direction. So I oh, think where you are... Right you might be okay. Don't quote me on that. I don't want to be doing my podcast uh, here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think we're probably uh, we're probably about there, aren't we? I think yeah. Well, online, uh, but it seemed to go quite quickly. Well, to it. it did actually. You know what? Well, because we've had so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> no, but um. Well. We're back again next week, aren't we? Is there anything else anyone wants to close with from you guys? Uh, apparently, the switches on the side, the side can be used for arming the flaps. So that's why. Oh, yeah, that's number one. Oh, uh, on the okay, top. there we go. <laughs> uh, so at least we've... It's, it's nice to round off anything, you know, questions we've added open yeah. to anything. Sadly, I, I I'm... I don't trust my followers. That's the problem. Just don't trust. Uh, I'm going to be at, at the Reading Flight Club talking uh, drones uh, and talking about my book to some real life people in real life life next week. So I won't be here. So have fun. Um, yes, enjoy that. Well done, Adam. Yeah. Yeah, me. Yeah. Well, couple weeks I've it out, and uh, thanks to you, Tony, for coming along. We've missed you. No worries. Fossilstuff.com. Revo 5, 4, and 6 are out now. That 70 is... to 75 pounds or something, isn't it? So, yeah, cool. fossilstuff.com. Yeah. yeah, just type fossil Revo and you'll find it. I think that's how yeah, I found it. Yeah, just Google it. You're, you're, you're see you again, it. sir. I, I'll give you a call if I need some quads removed from trees, but the, the storm's coming, so not this week. Yeah. And to the NJ, who's... Yeah, it might remove some trees instead. <laughs> yeah, it might instead. <laughs> a bit and... easier. Thanks to the NJ Tech. We look forward to seeing some new uh, videos of all sorts of things that you're working on these days. Yes, yeah. I'm slowly drowning under a, an, under a pile of products, but I'm doing my best to get through everything. And uh, yeah, it's all good fun. There are worse things to be doing right now while the weather's rubbish. Exactly. And but thanks to all our wonderful listeners who tune in every week. And thanks to our sponsors, iDrone and uh, FossilStuff.com and uh, any of the Patreons who sponsor us to get our to get this happening, to get the um, podcasts going out, which are finally going to start going out again. We are like ten episodes behind, but we're going to start kicking Five out the door. Again. You know, we've only so, just recovered from our hangovers over Christmas, haven't we? We have. So. <laughs> Oh, and thanks to what was it? What's we got here in the corner? Thanks to uh, iDrone. Yep. Yeah, iDrone. Good friend. Like God bless him. Yeah. He sent me some props today, and my postman always, always—I must have had a different postman. 
just signs it for me and sticks them in my bin. And <gasps> Don't say that. They might stop that sort of stuff. I was there today and it the says, you need to go to your local post office to collect your props. And I was like, no. So, yeah, I, I must have had a different postman today because my postman is safe. Violin. Yeah, it's <laughs> awful. Oh, and on that note, then, before Tony uh, <laughs> breaks down, goes, goes into a uh... rage. Give <laughs> <laughs> my no, props. Now, I, I, mean, I need to fly. <laughs> no, thanks to everyone for tuning in. And uh, yeah, yeah, cheers, see guys. you next week. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. You've been listening to Let's Drone Out. Bye.